all of a sudden it's Christmas. No, this is like Linus and Lucy, and this is like... Yeah, from the Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas special. It was like every one of their shows, wasn't it? No. Just Christmas? Yeah. I thought it was like their like official theme song. Heather Avis, she's the author of The Lucky Few, The Lucky Few, uh, which is anyone that's not hanging around with Tim. <laughs> Finding God's best in the most unlikely places. Heather Avis, founder of a uh, popular Instagram account, Macy Makes My Day. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Is uh, She shares the story of how she and her husband became adoptive parents to three children. Uh, Mason, Truly, and August. Those are fascinating names. Yeah. We're talk about those. Two of which have Down syndrome. And uh, recounts the joys that come out of being willing to accept the unexpected. In her debut book, The Lucky Few, Heather is upfront with readers that she was brokenhearted as a young married woman after learning she would not be able to have children. She never planned to adopt, especially not children with special needs. While her, hold on, that just sounds. Does that sound especially children with not special needs? But no, I guess we that's, really that's the reality of what we all yeah, think. Absolutely. Am I being politically correct and sensitive? That's not me, is it? No, no. Heather, I want to. I want to. Uh, Heather, I want to bring you on the line right now and, and just kind of pull apart your story a little bit. Uh, how are we sounding in your end, first of all? You sound great. How Th- about here? Thank you. You just sound delightful. Um, by the way, awesome. everyone, we're, we're giving away a copy of today's HarperCollins Canada book to one of our Facebook followers, but there's a catch. You have to be one of our Facebook followers and from Canada, and you've got to include your address. So send us a private message on the Drew Marshall Show Facebook page, and you could win a copy of today's book from HarperCollins Canada. Of course, Heather Avis on the line with us here, author of The Lucky Few, Finding God's Best in the Most Unlikely Places. Um, what is the weirdest pushback you've had? Have you? Hold on. Let me let me ask the question and then answer what I think would be the weirdest pu- uh, pushback. What's the, weirdest, <laughs> what's the weirdest pushback you've ever received from anyone about this book, about your journey, about your story? And please tell me it's not somebody who says something like, well, if God never, you know, obviously God didn't want you to have kids, you know, because... So why did you adopt? You weren't supposed, you know, it's God's plan for your life or I don't know, something like that. No? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I got a lot of that in telling the story. I, I mean, when I was in, going through infertility, which is a big part of the story, people say the weirdest thing. So, yeah, like the just those ideas of, well, this is all in God's plan or we get a lot of like, um, I'm not saying it's not God's plan. I just think there's more to it than that. Hmm. But we get a lot of like... Um, oh, you guys are such saints, I could never do that good for you. Almost like you poor, poor things, that this is the life you've chosen to live. <laughs> I don't agree with that. No, no. Um, however, however, I'm, ooh, this is, I'm, I may step into that jerk category of people who said similar do kind it. of stuff, but um, every person I've met, for example, who, may, you know, maybe they haven't adopted over, but they have a, a child who, for example... Every, every, mm-hmm. every family I've met who has a child who's autistic or whatever, there's something really kind of unique about that family, and I wonder if it, it's if it's because they have to do family differently and not as not as selfishly or agenda driven. That's not even oh, what am I trying to say? There's something different about family that have different kids. That's as tacky as I can yeah. say it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that it's true. I think when we have people who have children with different abilities, um, our kids might require more from us. But the the idea that my husband and I are any kind of saint because we have a child with disability, um, it's more that anybody 
who ends up having a child with Down syndrome or a disability, you you step up to the plate because you have to because it's your kid. So it's not like we're some special, unique person. We're just like everybody else. We just have this amazing opportunity to be able to live our life through a different lens and at a different pace and with different goals in mind. Hmm. Um, so we're, I feel like we're still as normal as anyone else. We just have, we've had to shift a little bit in what's important and what's not. And that's what I'm grateful for. I feel like it's just been a gift. Um, did How did the whole, hey, let's adopt kids with special needs. Oh, by the way, special needs, I'm not a very politically correct person. Is that the right term? That's what? fine, Drew. Yeah. We, <laughs> um, there's a really great video out right now that came out on March 21st, World Down Syndrome Day. That I don't even know what it's called, so this is not that helpful, but you could YouTube it. That's um, some famous people who have Down Syndrome saying special needs. If people with Down Syndrome had to eat dinosaur eggs, that would be special and like kind of <laughs> making fun of this. <laughs> exactly. So it's so good. Exactly. Okay. You have to find the video. Anyways, special needs is, is totally PC. I think that it's, um, we're just in this day and age where we need to be respectful of all people and asking people who have a different ability what they prefer or don't prefer and then being okay with that. So we use like different ability is, is a term that we're good with. Um, so yeah, we ended up adopting kids with Down syndrome because it's something that God called us to. And so we had this fight with infertility and couldn't get pregnant, chose adoption, but chose this route, like a really safe route where we spent a lot of money so we could have a private agency and get a healthy infant. And um, God put this child in our lap who has Down syndrome, had a congenital heart defect, had um, was on oxygen 24-7, had this incurable lung disease, and we... I mean, like I said, we're not these saints. So we weren't like, yes, Lord, whatever you want. In that moment, we were saying, no, God, no, we are not going to do this. This is foolish. This is not our plan. We don't want this. Um, and he just kept, <clears throat> excuse me, gently nudging us towards her until we recognized that yes was the only answer. And so we brought her home and she just rocked our world in the best ways. She She's incredible. And we got to experience life in a different way because of her and um, and really get to know God in a way that we never would have otherwise and she'd open the door for us uh, for our, our third track. yeah yeah are you familiar with jean vanier and larsh and henry now and am. that whole thing i am okay yes. So one of the reasons, obviously, I bring that up is because the large community um, is a community of, um, uh, as far as I understand it, uh, Down syndrome people and 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 other people uh, living together. But it's not a we are the people that don't have any problems helping the people who do have problems. You know, yes. it's a it's a very communal community, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yes. Um, and so what I learned from my experience hanging out at Larsh was that a I'm a judgmental jerk. Uh, well, I didn't just discover that, but that helped me help kind of affirm they things. They enhanced it. Yes, it did. So I'm a judgmental jerk. Uh, two, I, I, I need to figure out why I was looking down on, on people who had Down mm. syndrome. And number three, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that loved this. No, not a part of me. I thoroughly love the simplicity and childlikeness of those with Down syndrome, those adults with Down syndrome. So that sets it all up mm-hmm. in this, ooh, kumbaya, isn't this kind of need, and God uses all sorts of different kinds of people to to smack uh, the rest of us around. But the reality is, this this is not a, a kumbaya cakewalk for you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, we. it's true. And what I, ta- I talk to a lot of new parents who have got a new diagnosis, 
about their child having Down syndrome. And I really believe, and I tell, I share this, that the problems, the majority of the trials that we face because of kids with Down syndrome is not because of Down syndrome. It's because of a world that refuses to accept who they are fully as who they are. So like the, the large community that you were a part, that you interacted with, yeah, it's not this like, oh, us able-bodied people were going to serve you. It was just, there's this recognition that people who are different than us, we have so much to learn from. They have so much to offer the world. Um, they have so much to offer the, like the kingdom of heaven, all these things. And so it's to be able to shift and recognize that this is not a, a whole people group to feel sorry for, but rather someone that we can actually do life with, and it's going to be pretty great. Um, so yeah, the problems that we face are because society is so rooted in ignorance and misconceptions about what Down syndrome is. And it makes it really, really hard as a parent to fight for my kids. Okay, Heather Avis on the line here, author of The Lucky Few, Finding God's Best in the Most Unlikely Places. A website for you to go to is luckyfewbook.com. Okay, so we've got someone listening, I'm sure, who... Well, I'm not sure, but let's say there's someone listening who has uh, been diagnosed, you know, pregnant mom who's learned that her, her child is going to be born with with uh, something different because I don't know what the terms are. And they're, and they're freaking out because they're going, oh, my kid's not going to be normal the way I thought they were going to be normal. What do I do? And God, why would you allow this? And, and they're just not cool with it. What do you say to them? Um, so many things to say to them. First, can I just say that I love that you said born with something different because I don't know what it's called. I love that you said that. Um, that I think that um, there needs to be a lot of grace, just grace upon grace upon grace. So there, feel how you need to feel. That's fine. And then know that there's another side. And for some people, we get there real quick. It's a couple of days, a baby in our arms. We're on the other side of things and we're moving forward with hope and positivity. For other people, it's months or years. But you're going to get to a point where you're holding this child in your arm or you're walking them to school or whatever it might be. And you look back and everyone in your family will have moments of looking back and thinking, why were we ever so afraid and so devastated? This child has been an incredible gift to our life. So just to hold on to hope that there will be another side to things and that you've got this, like you, you are so much stronger and braver and able to raise this child than you ever imagined. You're yeah. These mamas and dads, they've got this. Can you help me with my conviction that I have had for many years because I'm adopted and I okay. I have been thinking for many many years about oh maybe I should be adopting because I was adopted and wouldn't that just hmm. help me not be as much of a selfish jerk if I adopted and and then oh wouldn't it be even better if I adopted a child that had Down syndrome because then that's that's an mm-hmm. even better thing to do. Um, but yet I haven't done it. So Mm -hmm. just because it's like convicting me, does that mean I should do it? Hmm. Um, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was wanting to hear, but yeah. Yeah. I know, right? It's not what we want to hear. Um, maybe. And I think that, I think that people need to recognize that there is a call to, um, care for what is the quote, unquote, the orphan, which looks different now than it has a long time ago and looks different in this in different places of the world but to take care of parentless children but that can look lots of different ways but i do believe that everyone is called in some capacity to do that um and i do think that more people are called to adopt and should be adopting than than do um i don't know why i don't have any good like statistics or anything to back this up but 
I think that there are lots of opportunities for people to care for orphans um, by caring for those of us who have adopted kids or like parents who are in the foster care system who are doing the really hard work offering them respite. There's just lots of other easy, tangible ways that don't require you to bring a child into your life necessarily. Yeah. Um, can you, you, you write a lot about God's grace, and here's my thinking on God's grace. Um, my thinking on God's grace goes like this. Um, God is like is supposed to be like a parent, and I'm a parent, and so when my kid screws up with something the first time, they're way older now, so they never screw up, of course. Uh, but when they were yeah. younger, uh, you know, they screw up the first time and go, now, Billy, my kid's not Billy, but now, Billy, uh, don't do that. That's not right. And then they you go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And that's okay. It's all good. We can move on. And then uh, two minutes later, they do the same thing again. And then you go, Billy, I just said, well, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And you go, oh, okay, okay. And then they do the same thing again two more minutes later, and you want to mm-hmm. give them... Uh, a wedgie or something, because you can't spank kids. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I kind of think that God's grace is sort of the same way. God goes, dude, you know you're not supposed to do that. And I go, okay, God, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, forgive me. And then two minutes later, I do the same. God's like, dude, seriously, again? What are you, new? And then two minutes later, God's like, okay, that's it. it you know, you've got to get disciplined or punished or just, it's not cool anymore, but apparently God's grace yeah. is all, it's all, oh, you, it's okay, time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. It's limitless. I have a problem con- um, understanding God's grace, because limitless grace, I don't get. I really don't get. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't, I don't either. I don't know that it's ours to get either. I think we get a little tiny glimpse into it, and I'm sure you have things in your life that have happened where you have a, a stronger glimpse of that. I think with adopting our first daughter that the fact that we just kept saying no 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 we don't want to do this we don't want to do this but god knew that it was best for us i really feel like that was his grace it was just this like continual nudging and never like we never had like immense guilt for saying no we never felt like the flames of hell like burning us up because we were saying no it's just like gentle 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 until we said yes because he knew we'd say yes eventually so the whole thing is mysterious i don't i when i try to understand it it just gets too overwhelming. Yeah, but what? Okay, so, so here, yeah, let me so let much, me yeah. let me quote the question that's on the material your publisher sent me. What have you learned about ah, God's hey. grace through this journey? <laughs> what have I learned about God's grace through this journey? That it that it's never ending. There's it is unlimited and it's all consuming, and that it's going to lead you to the place that you need to be ultimately. Um, at least it has for me. Right. And right. so, I hold. I hold tight to that as we continue to take step towards a future that I have no idea what it looks like and continue to fail and fail and fail and fail. Sure. I know that it'll always find me. Yep. Okay. All right. I've not met your kids. <laughs> L- let's talk about their names, first of all. Mm-hmm. The, the most unique three names of any kids I've ever met in my life. Wow. All right. No, come on. That um, doesn't. So Drew, I, I was going to say, that doesn't surprise yeah. you. They're, they're differently no, no, named. No. Drew, I live in L.A., and so people oh. <laughs> in LA are named yeah. like that's right, like rock river and rooftop. So <laughs> I feel like my kids' names are pretty <laughs> shingles. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I want to be okay. Yes. So <laughs> help me, help me understand uh, the the chillin. Okay, um, uh, the youngest is how old? August. He is three years old, and we na- we named all of our kids. So August. 
was a name my dad suggested, and we loved it. And then his mother, his birth mom, gave him his middle name, which is Riker. And he's three. He has Down syndrome. He is our only boy, and he is the baby and the prince of the whole world. And we just let him. We just let him. I don't know if you have kids and if you have a baby, like your littlest, but he does whatever he wants. And we're all like, oh, that's so cute, even though it's bratty and out of control so now did you or did you do that with your firstborn or are you just so worn out that you don't give a holy grunt what the youngest does anymore now yes i, I did not do that with my firstborn i'm i'm worn out and he's so charming yeah i mean my firstborn she was eating like i pureed all i made all her baby food and she's having like bell peppers with spinach and couscous and greek yogurt and all these things and my son's like i want popcorn i'm like here's a bowl of popcorn and that's kind of how we roll <laughs> right Right. But I think mostly mostly because I'm worn out. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, tell, I know. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about Truly and what kind of middle child <laughs> issues Truly will have. Oh shoot! So I'm a middle child, so my heart goes out to my sweet little Truly. Truly is five; she'll be six in eight days, as she keeps reminding us every day. And Truly, it her name her middle name is Star, which is my older sister's middle name. The so Truly Star is my firecracker. She is the middle child through and through and through um yeah bless her little heart she's awesome she's an awesome kid she's just such a different experience parenting than my other two kids because she doesn't have down syndrome and um, she's a different race than her father and i and so we have that's definitely a, a real thing in our lives and will be forever in her life and um, so we recognize that and we face that head on and try to be super intentional about it and oh. she's too smart for her own good Okay, and then um, is it Mason? Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not spelled like M A S O N, it's M A C Y N, just to confuse the rest of us. Yes, of course. We like to see that. We call her Macy. Um, and so she is eight, she'll be nine in June. And um, she has Down syndrome also, and she was our game changer. We've said yes to her, and our lives just took a totally different path, and we're so, so thankful for her in our lives. Hmm. I don't know whether listening to your story inspires me or or um, scares me. <laughs> inspires or terrifies? I think that's great. Yeah. No, no, really, because I my what kids. What do you mean? Well, well, my kids are twenty eight and twenty four, and I still have a nightmare that the vasectomy didn't work. <laughs> first of all, um, and then there's that was a little too much information, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, and then then there's the whole oh, I should care about the. You know, the orphans and the kids who are uh, uh, d- differently abled in the world. And, and I, but I don't care. I just, I'm too selfish. I care more, way more about me because there's part of me is like, okay, I'm done raising kids. I need to bring my life back into focus and, and, and care more about me. I'm just more selfish than I've ever been in my entire life. That's what I'm saying, Heather. Yeah. So is that, am I, can I assume then the terrifying part is when you read this and you start to like second guess all that selfishness? Yep. <laughs> That's good. No, it's not good. I, <laughs> my, um, I can be really opinionated and like if things, if I'm like on fire about things, I can get up in people's face about it. So my dad always encourages me to provoke to good work. So that is the hope of mine for this book that people read it and feel provoked to. Beautiful. Take a step towards whatever it might be, towards loving different people more fiercely or at all. <laughs> you go, girl. 
Okay, Thanks. Heather, thank you for your time. What a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you very, very much. Drew, this was really fun. I like you guys. Stop. Say it again. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are the best. Yes, <laughs> the bestest. So we, we're going to dedicate this song to all those out there with middle child syndromes. This is Truly by Lionel Richie. Take care. Bye, Heather. Bye. Thanks, Drew. Lots more coming up on the Drew Marshall Show. So do me a favor, will you? Will you stay with us? Okay.